Alright, so, welcome to D&D Brief. I am DM Samuel, your humble dungeon master. I don't know, am I humble? I guess I'm humble. I'm a little bit humble. I'm not perfect. That's a little bit humble, right? Okay, uh, I am your dungeon master tonight, and I'm here with my 100% awesome players, and they can introduce themselves. We'll start with Karu tonight. Hello, I am uh, Hikaru. I am playing Marcel the Lutrinian Sorcerer. Storm Sorcerer. And Nina. Hello, I'm Nina, and I'm playing Emily Onestra, who is a human storm fan. And David. And I play Axley Tillingquest, Halfling Bard. And last but not least, Matt. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm playing Konos, the CL uh, Warlock. Awesome. Uh, who remembers what happened? <laughs> and do you need me to recap, or do you have notes that you want to mention certain elements of the session? I have no notes. I've got some things. So... Essentially, as a group, we kind of made the decision to that the Blue Plateau was the next place we needed to kind of venture to, to as far as stopping slash reversing the, the effects of the sinking. Um, we we learned that uh, Kromov or Kromov, um, the minister that we were thinking was behind the, or at least tied up with the killing of uh, Sabatine, I think, um, split you know split town. He and his family kind of just vanished. Uh, we weren't able to track him down. Um, we took the, but we were going to take, we decided to take the book of proofs back and we put that back in the library, I think. Um, we learned there's a naval blockade being put together and we got the Hoka, uh, tied up with that. We learned that Sabatine had actually been brought back to life thanks to a benefactor she has. Um, let's see. Emerin healed him, healed Lucanus, Lucanius and a bunch of other people. And mostly everything went right with that. <laughs> mostly. Mostly, yeah. There were a few. There were a few people that didn't survive the radiant explosion. And someone took a little bit of damage, right? Yes, someone did. Someone also <laughs> finally got the mail delivered. That's true. <laughs> that was that was the true goal of the game, right? We've we've finished the campaign there. Yeah. You finished it. We're done. We're just going to start something new now. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, um, identified a bunch of magic items that we've been had for a while and kind of figured out more about what they did. Um, let's see. Met with Gaston again, who I guess is more more coming back to himself, and now all of his skeleton audience is kind of reviving as well. Um, and then we ended by going to the spire room in the big library, and we saw basically a representation of something that Emmerin saw in one of her dreams. Basically, the whole um, how do I put this? So basically, like a pillar of light where it's light, light coming, and then it basically changes colors through several layers and whatnot. And we're realizing like it's the soul spire itself, but it's corrupted. Is the the short version of that? Uh, was there anything that you left out? Did you mention that Seventeen was not dead? I did mention that, yeah. She'd been brought back to life thanks to her benefactor. She was basically, yeah, she was basically leading the Calport's navy, getting them ready to go as far as, like, putting a, putting a defense 
of a defense force in place if for if and when Laralax's undead army showed out of showed up from out of the sea. We verified that Emran's powers are definitely enhanced or like I don't know, deity enhanced. Something like that. Did we talk to the queens last time, or was that the time before? I think we talked with them a little bit. Oh yeah, they were they were they were like locked in like their safe safe room basically. Uh, I think we talked with them a little bit. Because I have. Did they give us a, the brood? Yeah, she gave it. Yeah, she gave you one. That's what I thought. Couldn't remember. I have brooch down. You talked to the queens, and they gave you the one. De- Queen Delincia herself gave you the brooch off of her cloak. It's an amethyst, and it's been passed down from generation to generation. She also told you the three four-part numbers, 3579-9753-6174. Which she has, like, tattooed on her arm, too, I think. And she made some comment about how she was wondering when the history was going to come back around, and, and, you know, she told you that for generations, the the oldest daughter of her family line have been naming their the oldest daughter Delincia because they knew that eventually it would come back around. Kind of confirming what we thought about this like, cyclical nature of events that we had uncovered. Yeah, and she she mentioned because Imarin said, oh, it's amethyst or something. She said amethysts have a special ability to hold and to help bind uh, different types of energies. That's why it was used. She also mentioned that that's what was used in the telescope that uh, was being used to project the ward that they had that was broken. Uh, The other note that I have down is, um, so Imran healed Lucanius... And Konos told the Haka to help the navy that's being built. So 400 Haka swarmed the docks and went on the vessels and helped out. Um, You had the mail delivered. You saw Gaston. And he was fully formed human in a Ben Franklin suit with little round glasses. Um, and he is, uh, he has all the skeletons in there and they are all, they were all within, um, in some various stage of reinvestiture of, of regrowing all of their fleshy parts. And, uh, he gave Imran her cloak back and then you all went to the spire room and you... Haven't actually put the back the book on the pedestal yet. That was the reason why you went to the room. And when you went into the room, the last thing that happened in the session was uh, I described what you were seeing in the Soul Spire model, quote unquote model. Which then begs the question: What do you want to do now? Well, I assume we want to follow through on putting the book back. That's why we're here. Yeah, I'm sure no one will notice the change if, in the in the book's um, cover. <laughs> maybe it'll go back to normal once we put it back was there a like stand or something where the book is supposed to go yeah there's a little a small pedestal just exactly like what Imran remembers in her dream it's kind of off to the side who was carrying the book have we closed it or is it still open I think it's wrapped in somebody's cloak 
Yeah, I think it's wrapped in Axley's cloak. What was the last thing we wrote in it? It was about Lucanius. So we already deciphered that, so it's probably closed. And just wrapped in Axley's cloak, because we still don't like touching human skin. For some reason. Can't imagine why. For some odd reason. I think the last thing we... The last thing I remember going in there was, you know, the whole, you know, it's basically the, what we used to determine the two, method, two methods to reverse the sinking. Yeah, and then after that, I think I put in there, there's a way to heal Lucanius right, without yeah. killing him. Yeah, and I told you to cast Revivify. Yeah, that was definitely the last thing. Yeah. Who did we have write that down? Because we wanted to see what name showed up. I can't remember... I don't have that in my notes. That wasn't last session, though. No, it was not. Um, what do you want to know? You want to know... The name of whoever wrote it. Oh, Emeryn... Emeryn wrote down, there is a way to remove the affliction plaguing Lucanius that leaves him alive and healthy. Uh, this is a true statement with six-page proof. It is revealed that part of this resolution involves casting Revivify, a necromancy spell that Rayla is opposed to using in the name of Goras. It doesn't say what the recorded name was, though. I think you must not have looked. Or uh, it was Imarin that, that wrote it. Well, that's as easy to remedy as just opening the book and looking, right? Because it's still in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I opened the campaign notes you sent. Because so far, Marcel wrote his name. We had Blacksley wrote, write his name, uh, and it came up as Cornelius Adrum. We had Konos, who was recorded as Bolem, and Marcel was recorded as Fleurimond Manier Fleurier, which was the last known royal heir. But Emerin's does not say. Yeah. Okay. I'll just I'll put the book back on the pedestal, open to that last page that was written in. I want to be. Can I be like? I was like I just want to be keeping an eye on like this whole projection image we're seeing as he puts it back, just to see if there's any change in it when he when it's replaced. So the it, it's not a projection image, right? It's like the real thing, but a miniature version of it. It has substance and odors and audio, and it's not a projection like the, you know, how you've been using the lenses to project the different visions of the other areas? It's not like that. It's actually a sort of miniature version of... Of what the Soul Spire actually looks like. Right. At least that's that's what you're assuming. So... Axley is going to take and open the book to the page that has the signatures. Yeah. See what name was on there. Let me see if I wrote it in my notes. What name and place on. it on the... Yeah. Do we want to try to interact with that soul spire somehow? I mean, we haven't, like, touched it or interacted with it in any way. Just looked at it. Yeah, I think we've just stared at it for a bit. Probably a bit wary. Why is it here? That's some pretty powerful magic to be able to essentially have a continual scry on multi multi planes and why here at this location well this is called the spire room 
I guess we now know why it's called the Spire Room. It's because it has a depiction of the Spire. Okay, so um, how are you putting the book back? Are you, like, you're holding it in your hand, obviously, like... So, so far, nobody has ever touched the book. You've always, you've always had something in between, like a cloak or something. Or, or you used mage hand. I have to open it, so I'll use both hands. One hand will be on each side of it, holding it open. Or mage hand. Okay, well, I, uh, I guess I could just set the cloak on the ground, and we could use mage hand again to lift it up and put it on the pedestal. Right. Yeah, I'll cast Mage Hand, just lift it up. Um, do we want to open it before we put it on, or put it on, then open it? I don't know if it matters too much, but might just open it first and then place it. That way we're not doing a whole lot once it's placed. Okay, uh, I'll have I'll have Mage Hand. Actually, no, I'll use, I'll use Unseen Servant for this one, because something new. Um, so... Yeah, these unseen servants will just pick it up, open it to the, the last page that we're writing in, hold it up so we can see it for a few moments. And then once we're satisfied, it'll put it back on. So the unseen servant, you want it to... So so at, let me just make sure I'm getting this right. Axley is taking the book... Yeah, <laughs> something's going to happen. ...in a cloak and setting it on the ground, not opened... You mean we don't just put the book back and it's done and we go away? And then the unseen servant that's being conjured by Konos is going to pick the book up, open it, and put it back on the pedestal. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so you see the list of names that are the um, the last names. Uh, I take that back. You don't see the list of names because what you see is only the name of the last person who wrote a question in the book, right? And so what you see as the inscription is Imran Ornestia, favored daughter of Goros, and then below that it says chosen of, but then it's blank. It doesn't have... A deity listed. So you think that has anything to do with your, like, souped-up powers, Amarin? I also... I don't I don't like the fact that it's incomplete. It makes me feel like things can go one way or another way, and one way is good and one way is not. <laughs> I don't know why... I don't know why you would feel that way. <laughs> Emeryn, do you have any thoughts about who that could be? I mean, if it's not Goras, I don't know who... But why, I've never had any interaction with Strickland. Not really. Besides asking for a divine intervention and a wave helping you? I guess... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I maybe I'm, that would probably be I'm the better so option. To be fair, it's gonna be it's Shamasa Hasid because I feel like we, I feel like we can end up destroying everything if we're not really careful. The only other god we've like 
interacted with in any capacity is the Raven Queen, but the Raven Queen seems more interested in Konos. Or at least the Raven does. The Raven that is probably watching us because the Raven Queen asked them to. If it's not just, you know, one of her aspects. Konos, where did your familiar go anyway? <laughs> He's still here. Okay, because I think the last time you had sent your familiar to watch over the uh, perimeter of the castle. Yeah. Yeah, he was keeping an eye out for anybody trying to get in or leave, basically. I'm just trying to imagine this huge pelican with a huge raven on its back following us around in the... Just waddling behind us, because I don't think they can fly in here. The quarters aren't that big. They find a way. I'll stick... Uh socks on top and we can have like a little totem pole <laughs> <laughs> or, in, or, in, or in the bill or something like that mm-hmm. you can ride around right, well, well if we're if we're satisfied if we've got what we need we might as well put this back yeah so let's put this back let's get back to our ship which I think we already had people prepping the curiosity for its uh, interdimensional voyage. Yep. All right. Uh, the unseen servant puts the book back on the pedestal. Okay. Um, when that happens, the book closes. Like after it sets it down, the book closes, and the cover on it starts sizzling and smoking a little bit and it smells really horrible like burning flash (laughs) yeah a little bit (laughs) that wouldn't smell horrible unfortunately Unless it's actually burning, I guess. Well, like skin and hair burning does not yeah, like yeah, like meat yeah. that's that's burning, muscle that's burning smells just like food to us. But yeah, but hair smells yeah. disgusting. Um, do not do not burn your hair <laughs> in a candle. It's a really bad smell. <laughs> Free tip for the audience: Do not ever burn your hair. <laughs> Uh, and keep cats away because they will absolutely burn their whiskers <laughs> on that. <laughs> okay, is it like changing to? Bl- do we just leave now? Do we put that out? Do we? Just what's going on? Hopefully, it'll be something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we wish I had prestidigitation suddenly. Wait a minute! I've got prestidigitation. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Asking you shall receive. I kind of do, just to get rid of the smell. Magical air freshener. <laughs> Magical air freshener, yeah. Ma- I'm going re- to air freshen the air around us, not around the book, because I don't want to cast spells around the book. Also, maybe just move to the door and let it do its thing. I mean, we did... We don't 
have to stay and watch it. Just, why is it doing that? <laughs> like, is it going up in flames at this point? Nope. or Just sizzling and smoking. Right. Do we need to put that out, or is do we just let it happen and maybe the book goes back to being normal and not skin-covered? You think that's what's happening? It's just returning to how it's supposed to be? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Great, so nothing wrong? Just normal things we should get out? We have places to be? Or are we just going to watch this until it... I'll get closer finished? and take a quick look. <laughs> okay. Still not touching it. It looks like the skin is getting singed at the edges. So it's like a very slow process. Yeah, there's no like open flames or any kind of obvious anything. It's just a sizzling noise and a horrible smell and a little bit of smoke. Maybe it's rejecting its current wrapping. Yeah, I think it's probably time to go. You do notice, though, Konos, when you get up there, that the smoke is actually getting sucked into the soul spire. Uh, okay, that's weird. Like, does the does the soul spire seem to be being affected by this? Not particularly. It's just because it's like the swirling, right, at all the three different levels, and the smoke is just sort of getting pulled in and swirling around with the rest of it. Um, yeah, I think this will just sort itself out. I'm just staring at the Soul Spire thing and going, how are we going to plug the leak? Wait, we had an idea about that, right? The, the, the coral? Alright, well, we can't do much else here besides watch a book burn. Um... I'm sure it's fine. Let's go. Okay. I'll follow Marcel out, I guess. All right. So remember, you have to do that thing where the... Remember, it wouldn't let you in at first because you were trying to keep the back, the other door open and the inside door open and the curtain open and all that. So you have to finagle through that again. You can only have one of those areas open at a time. All right, the airlock. But you make it out of the Soul Spire room with no problem. Can I take the key? So remember, you put the um, the the clear one in the door, right? It won't come out of the door. I guess it's saying it. Should we tell? What's his face? The disappearing guy. Gaston. No, the Makotum. Nope, the other guy that like pops in. Tavros. Tavros. Starts with an E. Should we tell Tavros Tavros to like keep an eye on the sizzle? Okay. Yes, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll call out for Tavros. 
he apparates in front of you. Remember, he is this weird black smoky stuff and then it sort of forms into a shape and becomes him. Always slightly mm-hmm. weird. Um, Tavros, the, the key to this room is stuck in the door. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, so Tavros doesn't, he just sort of nods. He doesn't really, says, mm-hmm. That's a, isn't that a bit of a security r- the, the book is also sizzling. It has a weird cover, and the cover is sizzling. I couldn't figure out why you put that cover on it. We didn't. It's not the natural cover. So it's returning to the natural cover? I do not know. Well, we'll assume that that cover is getting burnt off. And to be honest, I didn't like that cover either. None of us wanted to touch it. Um, But it's back where it belongs. And hopefully it stays there this time and no one takes it. Very good. Fire won't hurt it, so don't worry. And I figured magical items tend to be pretty strong like that. Um, How Have you... Do you know anything about the, like, Soul Spire diorama in there? What is it that you want to know? How long has it been, like, showing that, like, soul screaming infernal colors? Like, does it always look like It shows the condition of the Soul Spire at all times. So it's been showing that for, what, 50 years? Something like that. I don't measure time the same way you do. Any chance you saw, like, what happened right before that change? Or right as it was changing? I was not in the spire room at the time. I wasn't paying attention to the spire room at the time. That's fair. Let me guess, there was a distraction at that moment. Something strange was happening? Probably. I can't exactly remember what was happening on that day. Probably a lot of earthquakes and that stuff. Bet you guys had a handful keeping the water out of book areas no not really I don't really recall it as a consequential day well we have uh, done what we came to do put the book back where it belongs um, and uh, we should be on our way unless we had something else we wanted to check I don't think we wanted to check the thing the other thing in here the other thing The gate. Which one? The infernal gate. Mm. I think we want to use the... Because we don't want to go anywhere infernal yet. We want to go plug the hole in the spire. That was the last known writings of Batet that she wanted to know about. Yeah. Yeah, I believe I checked that out once already. 
Uh, we got some information from it. No, it was six hours away, so you never went and saw it. Oh, it was right. the one book he couldn't I, bring I it to you because it can't be removed from its location. Yeah. Kind of like the Book of Proofs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll look at the others. Do we want to look at that book before we go, or do we want to just book it to the Soul Spire? Or wherever those digits are going to send us. If we go for that book, that's basically a full day in here. And I don't know how much time we have. Yeah, I think We I did do. agree we were going to go back to the uh, Curiosity after this. I have to say goodbye to my parents, or else I'm going to be in the face <laughs> I thought you did that, Emran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, did I? And and not just with a sending spell. Your father was expressing disappointment that you were going to leave without saying goodbye yeah. in person. So you yeah. said you would go see him before. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. Well, Emran, you have uh, familial uh, responsibilities to attend to. We're going to meet yeah. you at the ship, I get. I guess. Uh, I suppose someone should go with you, though. I mean, I hope it shouldn't take more than more than that. Tavros says, so there's nothing more you need from me. You do not need me to lead you no, to the infernal thank you, gate. Tav- no, not for now. Um, maybe we just ask for directions to get out of here just in case, because it's been like a month. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you have them written down. You're not going to get lost on the way out. You do still have, I mean, the way that you know how to go takes you through the auditorium. Mm -hmm. That's not a problem for most of us. You know! a bunch of skeletons reanimating. It's fine. Tavros starts to disapparate into a cloud of black smoke. Alright, we get going then. We have things to do, places to be. Holes and dimensions to plug. Is there anything you want to say to Gaston as you pass through the auditorium? Or are you just gonna go through with your heads down? I mean, we'll say hi. Wrong room. We'll just pass through. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't stop him, he'll just keep doing his whatever lecture, sermon, whatever you want to call it. We talked to him already yeah. last time. Yeah, he think we said all we had to. He said some very curious things, but I feel like that's another conversation for a different day. <laughs> he did? Yeah, because he was telling me. I think we at least got him to like promise to help the people of of uh, Calport should get Harry, yeah, because now he's a cleric. He also was telling me his um, jerkwad was telling me like the marriage of Gor- Goros and Straben was a bad thing. Like when they got back together, and like it caused all sorts of destruction. But he was like, "No, it's a really good thing." And I was like, "Wait, hold on." <laughs> so. Again, it's a conversation for a different day, I think, but... Who was telling you it's a bad thing? <sighs> yeah, the ex-abbot. Oh, Tullus? Yes, yes. 
I didn't know you said the jerkwad, so I didn't know if you were talking mm. about Blacksley or <laughs> I mean some <laughs> other well, NPC. Blacksley's the troublemakers. Ah, I see. Okay. Uh so okay, so you you make it uh to the entrance of the library. What would you like to do now? Uh, if no one else is going, I'll go with Emerin to say goodbye to her parents. Because that's mm. at the castle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll go with her and at, let the others at go. At the Abbey. At the mm-hmm. Abbey. Actually, I can start getting the curiosity prepared. Okay, so you go to the Abbey. And Rayla is in the Abbey in a flourish of activity, going through everything that is there and and all of the people that work there and all of the acolytes and everything and learning everyone and talking to everyone. And she's extremely busy. Um, But she will stop and talk to you if you want her to, but she doesn't necessarily have to. She she knows that you're leaving. You already really said goodbye to her in person, so I'll I'll just like walk up and give her a hug and be like, "We'll be safe. We'll see you soon." Where's Dad? He's in the rectory. He's organizing some paperwork in there. He's trying to find out how much funds we have to see if we can build more ships in enough time. Okay. Well, I'll go in. So she kind of, she points, you know, to one of the rooms in the back. I'll go in, say goodbye, and give him a hug. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hugs you back. I'm glad you're safe. I am glad you're safe. Where is it that you're running off mm-hmm. to now? Uh, that's a good question. Um, just gonna be plane hopping a bit, I think, for a minute. We'll be back shortly, though, especially if things punish. Are you sure there isn't anyone else that can do this instead? No, I think... You've, you've completed your task. You said you were going to find your mother, and you did. And you brought her back to us. And in fact, you laid the foundation for us to have a wonderful new life here in Calport. Yes. And now you're now you're leaving again. But you know the friends that I travel with, like this wasn't their mission. And one of them does have a mission and now I'm gonna help him. And you know, like Marcel still has stuff that they need to do and Blacksley is along for the ride a little bit, but, you know, he's my buddy. We've been through a lot. I don't want to leave him. And honestly, this isn't going to last if we can't stop whatever's coming. So they're better off with my help, I think. You are an adult, and your mother has told me that I should allow you 
to be the person that you are meant to be. That doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> I give him another big hug. <laughs> I'm glad Mom told you that. That's nice of her. It's the reason she's able to be the person that she's meant to be, too. I just wish it wasn't so painful for everyone to leave. I know. But, again, it's not like... Like, yeah, we're going to different planes, but we'll be back. It'll be fine. Exactly what planes are you going to? I know we're going to the blue one. That's about it. You're going to go plateau hopping, but you're not sure where. It just kind of depends on where (laughs) things take us a little bit. I know, like, the white and the black are kind of in there somewhere, and potentially the red, but mostly the blue. The red plateau. (laughs) I run out the door. (laughs) 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 I'm not staying for this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And I I run past mom again. I'm like, you know, uh, dad, dad might be a little stressed tonight. I'm really sorry. Bye. <clears throat> she kind of nods and she's she's talking to some other people. Okay. So you're you're out of the abbey. <laughs> so how'd it go? It went fine. Let's keep moving. <laughs> I see. Uh so you get down to the ship and um Axley and Konos are there with curiosity and you are getting ready to leave. So my question to you is, what are you doing with Blacksley? Taking him with us. Yeah. I think we need him. I think his mission is probably coming up. Uh, Any special preparations that you're making to um, take this trip? Yeah, we're grabbing as many snacks as possible and stashing them underneath (laughs) the... um, Inside the curiosity, so we don't go hungry. Maybe, okay. I know we're going to the blue plateau, but maybe we should take some fresh water with us just in case. I don't know how much fresh water we can carry in here, but at least let's fill our, you know, water skins. Yeah, as long as we have some, I can create question mark if we need it. If you give me some time to prep it, but yeah. Um. As a side note, I think I mentioned last session that I was unattuning from the ring, uh, the blue plateau ring, um, because that would be bad. But I just have that stashed away. I still have it, but I'm not just not attuning to it and not using it. Okay. You also gave Axley yes, a ring. Yes, I still have that one. That's, that's the platinum one for spells. But I should probably. Do you have any other way of having a swim speed and or be breathing underwater? I can, yeah, I can help with that. I don't know about. Partially, at least. Before we go, I'll cast water breathing on everyone who's coming. Uh, so for 24 hours, you're able to breathe underwater. Make sure you bring that water elemental bowl. That would be the plateau so, to use it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm taking that with us. Yep. Um, 
do we want a short rest after you cast that? Like, yeah. I mean, we could. It lasts for twenty four so hours. You topped up again. Oh no! I can I can cast this. I can cast this. This is this is a special gift. I can I can I can use this once per once per long rest without. It's it's like it has it's got its own specific spell slot. So. So Great. everyone now has gills effectively. That feels weird. You probably will, yeah. Yeah. I also have freedom of movement to help anybody who cannot swing Good. very well, which probably is me. Because I have heavy armor on. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Axley has mariners. Okay, armor. I'm gonna use that tomorrow. <gasps> no, I have it prepared. <laughs> okay. I'll use that. You were thinking ahead. I was thinking ahead. <laughs> so that is a good point. You probably should make sure that you have prepared everything that you um that you need. Yeah, I think I did do this. Now that I'm looking at my spells, it does look like I did prep, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, and I you don't have to worry about the rest of us because I, I actually swim faster than I walk. Um I have a walk speed of 25 and a swim speed of 30. <laughs> so, And I do not remember. I think I took another diamond. I think I took two diamonds from the Abbey. Because I wanted one for us and I wanted one for Lucanius. I, don't, I, I, I think, think so, I yeah. did, but I didn't write it down. Yeah, so what I wrote down that you took from the Abbey was... Uh, Sorry, I do... I might have, actually. I, I, I wrote down um, two platinum rings, one 100-gold-piece pearl, and two 300-gold-piece diamonds. Perfect. Okay, so I do have... But that's my early notes, so it's possible you chose to take something else. Okay, so I think that's what I did take. So we do have one diamond... Case. Hopefully, you won't cool. need it. Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> All right, <laughs> then I guess we're ready to go. Ready as we'll ever be. <laughs> Who knows what we're going to find as soon as we throw that lever? Yeah, so we're talking about lovers. We're what? Pressing the blue one as a button, I think. Okay. Yeah, so it's behind a panel and there there is um, a symbol with what looks like some waves coming up with a stylized kind of letter B. A symbol that looks like a piece of wood with a stylized letter C. Um, a symbol that looks like a stylized kind of double Y weird shape with a tree on it that uh, is green. Um, there's a symbol that has a weird, almost like an upside down sickle shape that is gray. And then there is a symbol with some flames and what's similar to a plus sign, although not exactly, and that is red. So there's a blue, a green a gray and a red, and then the common one is like brown. 
and then there's a side with a door on it. Right. So I think last time we pressed the plateau we wanted to go to and then pressed the door. Mm-hmm. And Axley had to uh, sort of press the door at the right time to get you... To get us out of it, right? Yeah. Because um, the numbers start moving, right? Was it to I, get I, out? I remember we, we, as soon as you yeah. push the plateau button... It kind of like drops into like it yeah, starts into like falling a, like yeah. a mid zone or something like a nether zone, and then mm-hmm. the numbers start changing. How many numbers were sh- would show up? Four plus a decimal, and the decimal is just one number. I think it was four digits and a two two digits after the decimal. And the numbers that we got from the queen were three five seven nine nine seven five three six one seven four. So, do we just want to try the first numbers? Three five seven nine. It's the first number. Because last time we used one five six nine, and that got us to the shadow fell. Which one did you use last time? Uh, 1569. And that got you to Darkport. Could you read the numbers the Queen gave us again? Uh, 3579-9753-617. Which 6174 is the one that's repeated all over the place. And 357, like that specific string shows up right before it says Vatimechnomomnia. Come with me all. So, uh, let let me correct you about the 6174 being all over the place. It's not all over the place. It's at the end of every sentence. It, it's like, it almost works like a period for the number section. Right, but that's different from being all over the place. True, technically true. Which makes it seem like the final. final. Yeah, no, that's fair. That is what I was referring to. um, But you make it clearer by that in that it's always an ending to a number sequence. What's the very the very first one? Very first one is six one seven four as well. So it is bound by it's it's the first number, it's the last number, and it's the last number in each sequence. Though it does show up in between, so I guess that is like a separator, maybe. I don't know. At that point, we're guessing. Uh, because it does show up after Well of Seat. The other one we wanna, might want to look at is 2689, because that's the one that's after Through the Glacier, Through the Ice. See, that's what I was thinking. But Through the Dirt and Through the Stone was Dark Blue. Yeah. I guess, I guess that makes sense. I think we got the third too light. All right, so our options are 3579 or 2689. Because we don't know where 3579 goes. We just know that that was what the queen gave us, and it's the number that's shown right before Vatibank and Momnia. So maybe we go through 22689 first? Because we know that the Soul Spire is in the water plane, right? Like, that is... 
So the um, so the soul spire goes through all of the planes that you were talking about, right? So it goes from the white plateau into the dark plateau into the red plateau. The blue plateau itself is the river that is carrying. It's sort of a river that river that winds through the plateaus, and so because of that, it's also a river winding between the plateaus as part of how the soul spire pours out. And we had determined that the plug that needed filling was in was uh, was accessible through the white blue plateau. Basically what happened was the someone told you uh, some things and you f- you conjectured that the so the rift that is occurring that allowed the water from the blue plateau to fill the common plateau is because there is a gap or hole or rift in the blue plateau. And so what you were told is if you plug that... Which is why we think we need to go to the blue plateau and not to one of the other plateaus that has the soul spire. Cause, and then you have the problem of getting the fluid right. back. Yeah, that's part two. Um, but... So... If I understand correctly, the like lake of souls or whatever it was called, the 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 bowl that got emptied was part of the blue plateau. Yeah, that was at the bottom of the threefold lake, wasn't it? That's what I was that's really where the threefold lake. So that the threefold lake is part of the blue plateau. At least it's filled with water from there. The the folds Yes. In in terms of your understanding, yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than that, but my tiny mind can only get take so much. <laughs> no, it's just that what you don't necessarily oh, know everything, yeah. right? It's you just you 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 all have only been told the tiniest piece of I no one's really been to any of these places. Yeah, we were Makotum told us we could get through the threefold lake by going through the white plateau or the red plateau or the dark plateau. So not the blue plateau? Because that's where we need to go, to the blue, to the trifold lake. Trifold lake. Does the mind the sort of mind map I have in my head from doing commune, does that is that giving me any insight or direction? That leads you right to the bottom of the threefold lake and it has uh, multiple oh. entry points. Um, Okay, do any of those entry points correspond with any of these numbers from this ritual? Or places mentioned in this ritual? So the problem is that you don't know what these numbers all necessarily mean, so it's hard to say whether they correspond. Right? Your feeling is, yeah, probably yes. Well, if each of those passages with the numbers generally corresponds to a plateau, like we can identify the red plateau, the the um, the dark plateau and then it has the numbers in it if the soul spire goes through all of the plateaus then would that mean also that one of those numbers that is common to each of those passages maybe refers to the soul spire because it's just like the soul spire goes through all the plateaus that coordinate is also going in inside each of the the passages for the various plateaus you're thinking of 6174 yeah I mean, my other guess was that the 3579 is referring to going directly to the Soul Spire. 
because of the whole vitamegamomnia. Because that was come to me all, if I remember correctly, and that seems like a great way to summarize what happens in the soul spire with all the souls. (laughs) Right, and that number sequence is also at the end of the very first paragraph. Uh, the one shard to concentrate, and then it ends with the three five seven nine. So I feel like that's kind of the yeah. So my guess would be that three five seven nine will take us directly to where the gap is. I could be completely wrong. Of course, uh, it's all but conjecture at this point. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we have to pick a number. Um. Well, we know when it's not. <laughs> yeah. Since we've already been there. I mean, the other thing we can do is press the blue button, press the, the door, and then the first number that looks like one of the numbers we've thought that would work, <laughs> we just stop it and see where we end up. I Third floor. like that plan. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> Honestly, we kind of just have to pick and go, so we might as well, right? Yeah, sure. If we don't like where we go, we just press the, the door button again. <laughs> Wrong door, dog. Okay. <laughs> so what are you what what are you doing? You're gonna press the, press blue, the blue button and then press the door. Okay. Uh and so are you having Axley do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, so I need an Arcana check okay. from Axley. I'll just roll first before I boot up my computer. I rolled a nine, but I can I can use luck if I if that's not good enough. What's your arcana? Arcana bonus? is uh, plus two. Well, you have double what I have. <laughs> so it's an eleven. Um, I mean, I can I can re-roll it if we want to get a better try to get a better result. It is kind of on the low side. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Maybe re- okay. I'll use luck. Thirteen. So that's fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So uh, when you press the blue button, you all get that um, odd sensation, that stomach dropping out falling feeling that you get um and as you press the door numbers start to show up as Axley's finger gets close to the door right remember this is what happened when you went to the dark plateau as he was about to press the door the numbers start to show up at the top before you press the door okay well, it's because it's the energy of, yeah, so it's it's noticing that you're going to press. And so when you put your finger close, it starts showing the numbers that, that have the different locations. And so the arcana role is to see if he can press the door, like fully depress the door button at 3579. That's what you decided, right? 3579? I think so. I think we were going to do if either 3579 shows up first or... Two six or, eight nine. Or two six eight nine. Yeah. Which one did you want to do? The first one that shows up, I think. <laughs> I mean, do the numbers just start from a baseline and count, or how? Do, was there some? It they don't, yeah. it's almost random. It almost feels random. 
because it's planar, so it's not really, there's not an order, it's not a hierarchy. And these are, these aren't coordinates like GPS coordinates, where if you keep just going in a straight line, one piece of them changes, but the others stay the same, right? Okay, well, let's, let's do that first one, your hunch about the soul spire, might as well try that one, that was that the two? The three, five, seven, nine. Okay. So as he presses the door button, um, the falling feeling stops and it stops abruptly and you feel the curiosity land just thunk. Is there a number flashing still? Yeah, three, five, seven, nine. Can we activate the view screen? Or the window or whatever the... Yeah, Yeah, so if you press all the buttons and everything to open the windows, the windows open and what you see outside is partly sandy, partly kind of like ash, uh, cracked ground with what looks like a dead kelp and whatnot mm. on it. Like the bottom of the lake kind of thing that's been drained? Yeah, kind of. Should we get out and investigate? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Is it? Is it? Is there a lot of light, daytime kind of light, or what's the, the lighting like? Uh, yeah, there is a dim light right now. You you kind of feel like it's almost like a sunrise kind of situation, but there's no sun. How far can we see through the viewport? Like, is it just cracked? Really, really is far. Is it like straight or does it look like a bowl? It's, it's like a flat. There are some small hills, but most of it is flat. It's almost like being in a desert, basically. Hmm. But with kelp. Would, would, if this if this is the blue plateau, would it have drained this much that there's no water? Okay, uh, I guess we're piling out and figuring out where we are. Black Blacksley, don't go too far. Yeah, we're not going to leave him in the curiosity. We're definitely taking him out with us. Can we, as we get out, can we see like any kind of land, unique looking landmarks or anything like that, or is it just you know hills and kelp as far as we can see? So most of you just see hills and kelp and dead sea anemones and stuff like that. But um, once again, my love of the history check comes in. Uh, that's sarcastic, by the way. I hate the history check. Uh, Konos, give me a history check. Twelve. Um, you know where you are. And you think that the place to get to, to get to the bottom of the Threefold Lake, is about seven miles to the south of where you are right now. Okay, uh, we've got a bit of a walk then, or I would... Oh, well, we, could, we could take yeah, curiosity. Yeah, we better just fly there. Um, I'm going to check the, the rod of finding it that is tuned to finding Laralac and see what it shows. It shows a uh, dark, smoky, fluidy, with uh, whitish threads running through it. So he's not, he's not on this plane, then. This plateau. Correct. Hmm. 
All right, I guess we're not piling out, and uh, Konos, you want to take the wheel? Yeah. Careful with the accelerator, it's really, really delicate. Yeah, might as well. Don't floor it. (laughs) 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 You're going to overshoot by 15 miles. (laughs) Uh, So as you start to travel, you notice that there is some water here. It is... However, in depressions that are very shallow, and it looks really putrid, the water. It's, it's very kind of muddy, and it's teeming with these nasty-looking insects, and uh, it does not look healthy at all. Um, and... Most of the, almost everything that you're seeing around you is dead, because it just has not had the things that it needs to survive. You all see Kona starting to get visibly shaken as as all this he takes all this in. Um, and as you get closer to the this the this area that Konos is leading you to, you start to see more of those sort of pools, and they're getting a little bit deeper. Uh, but nothing, nothing that looks hardly deep at all. Like you, you could tell because you could see that there's sort of little depressions, and they might be a hundred yards wide, or you know, a, a several dozen meters long, but only a meter or so wide, like little ruts in the ground that just have the tiniest amount of water in them, and they just look. It looks really bad. The ground where you're at now is starting to look a little more like mud rather than hard pack dry soil. Uh, And so when you get closer to the destination, you do see a larger almost lake open up uh, in front of you. And it looks like it has almost a whirlpool motion happening. So that looks like it. That's the lake draining out. Yeah. Draining through something. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, take us as close as we can, I guess. I mean, we could take the curiosity can go down into it if we wanted to. Yeah. But we all have water or, breathing, right? So we do have water breathing. Our other option would be to leave it hovering above that, so we have a, a kind of anchor that we could tie a rope to. Because we can leave the curiosity hovering, can't we? Like it just hovers in the air. Uh, if you trust Blacksley to drive it inside. Well, how big is this lake? Can we just put it down on the edge? Yeah, I was going to say, why don't we... You probably could put it down on the edge, but it's very muddy, so it might sink into the mud. Well, maybe not that thing. So we can't leave it like hovering without someone actually at the wheel, is what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Fly around a little bit and see, try to find like a safe place to set it down, or no? Or would that? You'll have to go about a mile back at no. least. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, then let's leave it hovering then. Okay, Blacksley, you think you can do that? Our lives will depend on you. There's a second for everything. Uh, okay. Do we do we want to tie a rope and and like go down? 
Well, I mean, he could just be right about the surface. I mean, there's no telling how deep this is, so... I know. That's what I'm worried about. I used to have fly. I still do. So also, it's a whirlpool. So what happens in a whirlpool? It sucked down. Yeah. That's why I was thinking of tying a rope to the... Do we want to fly over the whirlpool while we're here and scout it out? Just look down into it? How, like, see how big it is? And maybe we can see what's at the bottom? Yeah, sure. Can we see down it? So the whole thing is about... It looks to be about two miles across. The whirlpool, I mean. And it's moving the water, and it seems like it's moving relatively slowly, but it's a two-mile circle at the top of this whirlpool that then sucks down the middle part. So you know it must be pretty strong, because even though it looks like it's moving slowly, it's fast enough to sort of suck down the middle of this. You can't see the bottom. Like, it just go, it just goes down, and, and it just looks like blue water down there. You can't really tell... So I'm imagining going with the, the the curiosity, like where the whirlpool heart is, and like lowering it to just above the surface of the water. Why not take it down further, as far as we can go, and, and see if we get to the bottom? We're close enough to. Do it. we want to do that? If it's that wide, two miles. Yeah, and it's that huge. might actually be smart because worst case scenario, we can plane shift out of there. Yeah, because otherwise we'll be swimming down a long distance if it's a two-mile-wide whirlpool before it narrows to the bottom. Right, it might be pretty deep. Okay, so we'll stay in it and keep descending through the center of the whirlpool. Konos, what do you think? I mean, so is my, you know, the map I have in my head, is that still giving me, like, a lead on this? Yeah, right down to the center of it. Yeah, I think straight down is probably the best way. My one concern is getting out of the Curiosity should we need to once we're inside the water without flooding the Curiosity. Well, we can stop before we go down into the water. We can just stay in the air as far down as we can go. Get it down far safely, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll go down the whirlpool as much as we can without going into the water. Mm -hmm. Because there's a funnel in the center, right? That's like lower than the rest. Mm -hmm. Until we're right. just above the like surface of water in the center of the whirlpool. Or whatever we find down there. Okay. Um, who's driving the curiosity down? I am. Uh, if it's going, it, if it takes some dexterous movements, I can do it. I think Matt was about to say that because we had Matt, uh, we had Konos at the I, wheel. I think I can. Well, I, you know, I still have my luck, too, so if we need to get lucky. But I have a pretty high dex, so if it takes some careful maneuvering. So Axley's going to drive or Konos is going to drive? Yeah, I can take it, unless you think you, you've got uh, special handling skills. Is it, yeah, is it dexterity to pilot it, or...? Well, so it depends. If the thing is being subjected to force it could be dexterity or it could be strength i'm good with either okay let's let konos drive then he seems to know where we're going to so okay actually has much more experience driving that's true you guys could actually us aid 
or or Konos A. Axley. I don't know how much space we have in the driver's seat. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's it's it's, it's not quite conducive to that type of aid. I just want to know who's doing it, so who has to roll. Yeah. Doesn't really. Uh, I vote Konos. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, so Konos, why don't you give me a strength check? Because as you're flying down, you know, the as as you get to the point where it's coming down to the sort of the, the apex bottom of the thing, which sounds weird because apex means top, but it's the pointy yeah, it's part at the now. bottom, right? So as... As it's tapering down, you know, not just the water is having force applied, but the wind is having force applied. So as you're flying down, it starts becoming really, really difficult to control the curiosity. So I'll need a strength check from you. I I cannot remember the last time I rolled a double digits in this game. Um, Well, 14 total. Okay. Um, you're barely keeping it from being sucked into the water. Can I help with my storm guide feature to lessen the power of the wind? I was just thinking the same. What does your storm guide feature do? It says if it's windy, you can use a bonus action each round to choose the direction that the wind blows in a hundred foot radius sphere centered on me. The wind blows in that direction as long as I'm concentrating on it. So I'm thinking this is probably too much to completely stop the wind, but maybe make like force it to go the other way so that it like balances out, or at least in like yeah, balance it out a bit, like calm the wind a bit, or maybe even just make the wind go directly up so that it's not battering at us from the sides. Um. Yes, you can do that. Okay. So I'll steady the winds, basically. So how far down do you want to go? Because if you go down another sort of thousand feet or so, you're going to be almost to the point. But you're going to have to make another roll. That roll will be with advantage because of that that feature. I mean, I think that's 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 where we want to get to. As close as, close, yeah, as, close we'll as we can, going. so let's keep going. Okay, so go ahead and make me another strength roll with advantage. Hey, I found a way to aid. <laughs> Appreciate it. There you go. Uh, okay, uh, advantage 23. Okay, um, so you have no problem holding it there for a few minutes and watching, and what you see at the bottom is very hard to make out because the water is swirling, swirling around, but you do see what looks like Things moving in the water, if that makes sense. Living things, creatures, or just debris. It's uh, you can't tell because it's just they're just sort of trapped in the water. Going at least that's what it looks like. Uh, but but there definitely is a downward pull because not only are you fighting against being sucked into the through the side of the whirlpool, you're fighting being sucked down. Yeah. I can control the wind and keep us steady right now, but if we're going into that water and leaving just Blacksley at the wheel, Blacksley might lose control of it. 
especially one if we get 100 feet away from it and I can no longer control the wind. Because this is a constant, like it's supposedly just a turn, so I have to keep concentrating on the wind itself and not do anything else. So what's the alternative? Take it back up to the top and then have to swim all the way? Because how far did we travel down into the whirlpool from the I surface? Mean, it's two miles across, so... At least a thousand feet, so... Yeah, we're not going to have a rope that big. I mean, the other option is letting us get sucked in with the curiosity, but again, I don't know if that's a good idea. My big worry is that we get sucked through the reach and then wind up who knows yeah, where. We, yeah, we don't want that to happen. How do we how do we do this? How do we shut the how do we plug it? Do we just we just use the curiosity as a plug? <laughs> you said last um, session you're gonna fold Laxley up and put him in there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Blacksleeve's big enough to plug the hole. Well, I mean the great coral is supposed to be at the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. And I've got the missing piece to it, so just put that back in and hope for the best. And I've I've I have something that might help with that. I mean, that sounded so easy in, in theory. Now that we're standing on top of a huge maelstrom, it suddenly doesn't sound that easy. Um, I do have control water, so if we do go down with the curiosity, I can make I can part water and like make us a little bubble to go out so that it doesn't flood the curiosity. Okay, I guess That's a good idea. At that point. I can also redirect flow, so if we do get stuck and start getting pulled through, I can at least try to help us out. Because I'm thinking the curiosity is probably more stable than us swimming. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, you know, Marcel may have to stay on here, stay on the curiosity to help Blacksley keep it afloat. So if we're going to take it in, we should probably go back up and out so we're not going into the force of the wall of the whirlpool and just go out of the whirlpool area and enter the water. I mean, no matter what, once we get into the the, the funnel area, it's going to suck us in and, mm-hmm. and we're going to be at the mercy of that. I say we just... Yeah, well, I mean, if we, if we like go up and then to the out to the edge of where the whirlpool starts and we just go down and straight down from there, then when we hit bottom, hopefully we're, we'll be the two... What, well, if it's two miles across, we'll be a mile from the center. Hmm see if we can see anything underneath the water. Yeah, that way we don't have to get start too close to it. And then we can gauge how close we can get. See how strong the pull is from there. Because the problem is, if if we're thinking of this correctly, we need to get to the actual center where the most force is. Yeah. I mean, a mile underwater is not too far to go if we've got water breathing and decent movement. Just think. Do we want to try that? Or do we go down in the center where we are right now and hope our water controlling can work? How long does the water controlling last for? Ten minutes? Um, yeah, concentration up to ten. So you're thinking of using water control to be able to enter into the water through the side of the, the funnel? Yeah, we can try. Because I can either like part it around us, or I can redirect it so it's just not as forceful, depending on what we're trying to do. Because we're going to have to get a little, we're going to have to get a ways away from the funnel. Because the minute that the water interacts with you in close proximity to the funnel, you're in a maelstrom. So 
I mean, we don't want to take the curiosity into the water of the funnel. We want to be a ways from it if we're going to take it into the water. Yeah, I kind of like Axley's plan. I think if we start in like the gentler part and just work our way yeah. in towards the center, that way we're not slamming into the yeah. center of it in that wall. Because then it's gradual and you can make decisions as it gets stronger. Or you, you can gauge the safest way to go. So I feel like if we start in the center, it's going to be a lot for the curiosity to handle. And the last thing we want is the thing to break. Yeah, because then, <laughs> then we're stuck here. <laughs> we suck. Yeah. All right. Didn't, don't um, we have a big yeah, emergency can, gate spell? If we're going to start from the top, I mean, I can do something that would help us travel pretty quickly, potentially, for a while. All right. I'll, I'll fly back up and kind of out to the edge. Out to the edge of the of the. Water. Yeah, like like where the okay. where the yeah where the edge of the whirlpool is starting. Okay, and then you're gonna go down and try to work your way in toward the center. So we're gonna, I mean, are we gonna stay in the curiosity do that, or are we gonna try to swim down? Yeah, yeah, we'll stay in the curiosity. Oh, okay, all right. Um, yeah, then so so yeah, then just kind of yeah, take a submerge it from here, and then just yeah, down the drain we go. It's hard to go down at first because there's not really that much room on the outside of uh, the whirlpool. But once you do get down a little bit, it does it does get a little bit easier as you're because you're farther away from the actual action of the whirlpool. Um, and you see all kinds of creatures, small fish and and larger, you know, octopus and all that kind of stuff and they're constantly so seemingly sucked into this whirlpool and being fl thrown around and sometimes kicked out of it and and then pulled back in and it's a, a pretty harrowing it's really harrowing to watch them all sort of get pulled in there's also a lot of debris there's a lot of wood there's a lot of uh, rocks and and different things um as you go down. The problem also is that as you get closer to the bottom, the effect of the whirlpool close to the bottom is that it's stirring up all of the stuff on the bottom of the, what would have been the lake or, yeah, because, right, it's a threefold lake. It's kind of a lake. It's kind of a planar lake, but it's a lake. And so it has kind of this muddy, granular sediment Silt. stuff yeah. that would be resting at the bottom, kind of like what you were walking on when you were topside, you saw the sort of cracked, dried, muddy area. Now it's it's in the lake, so it's uh, you know being you know churned up and whatnot. So your visibility gets really low, which means you're at a relatively low visibility as you start going toward the center. Were there like? Were there spotlights on the Curiosity or anything like that? There are lights on the Curiosity, yeah. Go but, turn, you know, it's sort on. of like turning on your brights in fog, right? Uh, like, well, yeah. In some ways, it almost makes it worse in a, in a way because now all the light's reflecting off of all the particles floating around in the water that got turned up, all the silt. Um, but you still kind of, I mean, you can feel from the force of how the water's flowing, you can feel when you're getting closer or farther away from it. And if you try to take the curiosity, staying as far away as possible, to take it all the way around just to kind of get a view, there is one point where you see next to the point, the, the, the focus point of the whirlpool, you see 
a dome that's probably 20 foot in diameter sitting next to where the apex point of the whirlpool is. And it looks like uh, it almost looks like clear glass. It's a cl kind of a clear glass dome. Maybe it's 30 feet in diameter. It's hard to tell from this far away. And it looks like it's sitting on the bottom of the of the lake bed right next to the point where the whirlpool is apexing in and everything is getting sucked in. Okay. Um, I'm going to pile towards that. Okay. As you get closer, you see that the apex part where everything's getting pulled in it's actually a larger kind of rip in the bottom of the lake but everything's only going in at one point and down here from the bottom of it it almost seems like it's a little bit slower than how it felt to be in the whirlpool up top and as you get closer to the dome you can see that there are things moving around in it. Inside the dome? Yes. Can I make out what they are? It's hard to tell from here, but they look humanoid. And it's, it's not a dome of force. It's, it's clearly a physical like glass. It looks like glass. It might be a dome of force, but the what it looks like is from the outside is any glass. Any breaks in it that look like doors or ways in? Not that you can see. Um, can I try to set set the curiosity down like ne on the ground next to it? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll land as closer as I can. Okay, you land. There's still a lot of force pulling on the curiosity, but it's staying stable on the floor of the lake bed okay. right now. Now that we're closer, can we see any more anything else inside the dome? You see a large piece of coral. Oh, I feel like. I mean, can I? Can I? Are there any like features or decorations on it that might tell like who or what constructed it? You know, like a literally just a clear glass dome. Uh, it looks like a clear glass dome, literally, just a big dome popped over a big piece of coral. Although now you're closer, you can see that the creatures walking around inside of it look like um, those weird fish men that were climbing on the ship mm -hmm. with uh, sort of petal-shaped faces. There are oh, five of those in there. The ones that turned into half-fish when they yep. got killed. Oh yeah, those guys. <laughs> so even, if we, so even if we break it, that's not... Well, I mean, it's, that's... I can't, that's I mean, part of it. My my big fear is that if we break it, the coral goes flying through the through the breach too. Um, it could just teleport inside. Dimension door in. Got to be a way in and out. I would think. Is there enough room inside for the curiosity? Imagine you said 20, 20, it's 20, 20 to thirty feet in diameter. So I would imagine so. Yeah, the corals in there, though, along with five other humanoids. Yeah, it would be cramped. It's going to get real crowded if you uh, put the problem is who who all can dimension door. I can because we we have to be able to take everybody, right? Yeah. So so you could take one person. Yeah, I can. I can also. Oh, you have to, uh, dimension door as well. Yeah. 
Okay, so both of you could dimension door with uh, the two of us that can't inside the dome from inside the curiosity. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do that then. Well, we need to be prepared and ready to, to fight instantly. It's going to be. Yeah. I'll I mean, like, just... like unleash, like, not even wait to parlay. We need. Yeah. To, I think oh, yeah. we just need to go in firing. Yeah. 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 This is. Um, this is we know these are hostiles. <laughs> <laughs> They're up to no good. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll cast mage armor first. Um. Okay. The question is, do we want to cast? Do you want me to cast control water to help actually keep this thing anchored before we leave? Well, you said it wasn't moving, right? On the on the ground, right? The pull wasn't strong enough for it to move. So maybe we just leave Blacksley here in case, so that he can maneuver. Ideally, keep it in the same spot because if we need to dimension door out, we only have this as coordinate. <laughs> And that then go. Um, now we 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 probably can't use any spells that have like huge area effects and uh, yeah, could damage the dome, problem. right? The idea being we don't want to damage the dome. I think so. A destructive wave. Anything that does like thunder damage, probably. I know your Emmerin's not going to be thrilled to hear that, but I was going to say like half my arsenal. Just like Emmerin, <laughs> just Emmerin, and Marcel. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Can can we tell if can we tell if there's water inside the dome or just or no? It does not look like there's water inside the dome. Okay. 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 Um, I which is have... problematic, right? Because coral. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. We yeah, like, we want to get rid of the dome, but first we want to fix the... Yeah. 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 Okay, this is going to be interesting. You said the dome was, like, radius 20 feet? It lo- it looks like it's 20 or 30 feet in diameter, I said. Diameter. Yeah. Oof, that's it's a relatively small, small. Yeah. So you're going to have to, like, pop in, hit them hard, and hope that... Man, the problem is we can't just like cast spells from here inside the dome because yeah. then we'd be possibly hurting the 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 coral. Yeah. The coral. yeah. Well, I put my hand on Axley's shoulder and cast a uh, warding bond. Um. So, Axley, as long as you stay within sixty feet of me, you get a plus one to your AC. And saving throws, and you have resistance to all damages. Okay, thank you. And then every time you take damage, I take the same amount of damage. Uh-oh. So just like, <sighs> that's the drop. <laughs> it's, it's, it's split between the two of you. So. Mm. Like You're sharing an HP pool. Pretty much. Um, how big is the dome compared to the hole the whirlpool's going through? Out of curiosity. The dome's bigger. Well, so also before I forget to tell you, Craig popped out again, so you'll have to start your ennui caster oh. thing again. Um, but the crack that has been made in the bottom of the lake is big. It's it's long and narrow, but the dome 
is bigger than the actual hole where everything is being sucked into. That's why the force of that whirlpool is so strong down there, because it's taking two miles worth of water and pulling it down through a very small, you know, it's like very highly pressurized, right? Yeah. Be something if we can get somehow get the dome over top of that. Can the curiosity burrow? Not as far as you know. We haven't discovered that yet. I mean, you know, I could temporarily plug the hole with a wall of force, maybe, but that would that would be a temporary solution. So, what is it that you would all like to do? How would you like to approach this situation? Uh, I think our plan is the two smalls are going to dimension door in, while the two bigs dimension door in. And spells ready to cast and kill a bunch of fish people. Sounds right to me. I mean, I want to. Tr- I mean, I could try. I could try mass suggestion on them, but I have to be able to inside the dome because they have to hear me. So that might. Yeah, I think. I think we pretty much need to be inside the dome for most of our. For yeah. Tactics. Do we need? Do we know how many of them are are in the dome? You five. only saw five of them moving around. Five. And there's no, a pretty large piece of coral in there. Yeah. And but the thing's Center. not that big, so have they noticed? Is, it, is the dome is the dome centered over the coral? Um, it's hard to tell. It seems like the coral is on like the far side, next to mm-hmm. the wall of the dome. Not not directly in the center, in other words. But it's hard. It's I, really hard to tell. Yeah, I suspect the the coral is right beside the hole. Um, so they couldn't put the dome in the cent- uh, centered on it. Okay. So, yeah, have they reacted to, like, the curiosity approaching? No. Okay. So we can leave the curiosity about 400... Do we want to leave it 400 feet of, uh, away, since that's within the range of Dimension Door? Yeah, that's a good idea. That way they don't see us, like, getting mm-hmm. super close. Get close, okay. Okay, so we get within dimension door range. I mean, um, you turned the lights on, so. Oh yeah, that's a good point. And, and, <laughs> and where inside do we want a dimension door? We want a dimension door on the coral side. That's a good idea. If we have ourselves between them and the coral, mm-hmm. that might give um, Konos a chance to possibly figure what's going on. Though we're probably just going to murder these guys first. <laughs> yeah, he he said he might mass suggest them, so. I mean, I yeah, maybe. Need to double check with that because I was thinking about casting um, spirit or not spiritual weapon, uh, spirit guardians, uh, right before we go in. So when we go in, they're just going to be attacked by him spirits. The area. So yeah, we don't want to like yeah. undo each other's spell effects. So in yeah, terms so. of holding spells, the two that are dimension dooring cannot prepare a spell for when we arrive because they are actually dimension dooring on that turn, basically. Which means if we want to try mass suggestion and see if we can avoid the fight, we'd have to wait and basically be holden to our initiative rules. So let me put that in mechanical terms. Um, If you all dimension door in, that's your surprise round, which means two of you are spending the surprise round dimension dooring and the other two get to act. However, if if Konos is one of the ones casting Dimension Door, when he 
gets into the dome, he can't immediately cast Mass Suggestion. You have to wait one round, and then by then we're rolling initiative, because that's not the surprise round anymore. That's what Karu's trying to say. Yeah. Which means they will get a chance to act. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we could just basically have... Because the thing is, with if, if you do the spell that you're planning to, Emran that's going to stay up. So Mash mm-hmm. Suggestion would break as soon as they take damage. Yeah, that's why I want to double check. Mm. So we either go in guns blazing or we let them attack first. And most of the spells I can I can use are like that too, where it's like, you know, sleep, accept, suggestion, etc., where if they work, then they'll disengage, but if they take damage, it'll break the spell. Yeah, so the two people up. can influence them are the ones dimension door. Yes. <laughs> can put up spiritual weapon instead. That that only targets one person. Just thinking about having that area effect because I can control what it attacks, so it won't attack the coral or us or the dome. But if we want to play it safer, I can forego that one and just focus on you know something else. Mm-hmm. Spiritual weapon. Yeah, because I was thinking of just dishing out some damage initially just in case the suggestion doesn't work on all of them and then we can take down whatever. Because I do like the idea of not killing them. We might be able to get information out of them. Yeah. Um, the thing I can do, uh, Marcel, is cast Holy Weapon on your spinny sword, your dancing sword. Mm. That does an extra 2d8. So that could help that out. True. Just I forgot about that. Crap. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be using this mini sword at least to begin with because I was planning to just bonus action Eldritch Blast because then I get six Eldritch Blasts per turn. At least starting okay. with that. So first okay. round I can basically Eldritch Blast six things and there's only five of them in the dome. <laughs> okay. Yeah, do that. <laughs> so that's what I was planning to do for the surprise round. And I think that still works, because then if you want to mass suggest, they've already taken the damage. Though, does mass suggestion have effects if you're in combat? Like, does that give them an advantage or something? I am reading through the spell text now. They're immune if they can't be charmed. I can't ask them to do something to, like, kill themselves, which I'm just going to tell them to stand in the corner and don't interfere with us. Um, <laughs> although it's, it's a dome, there are no corners. Um, <laughs> Stand by the wall and clean the dome. Around. Say the dome is just infinitely dirty and it must be cleaned. They need Tidy. to start wiping yeah. the dome clean. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> like that. Um. <laughs> okay, so it doesn't say anything about if they're in combat, they get like advantage yeah. on their save or something. No, no, it's there's nothing like that. It's not like a charm monster or okay. charm person or anything like that. Cool. So we teleport in and I Eldritch Blast to so- tenderize them and <laughs> <laughs> Then I guess we roll initiative. Do I? Emeryn can still do like damage attacks. I mean, yeah, yeah. And do my spiritual weapon as a bonus action. I mean, killing these. I'm not too worried about killing these guys. At, at the most, it might be interesting to leave one alive to try to get information out of them. But I don't even know if we can communicate with them. I don't um, recall them actually speaking. I think we have a lot of psychic 
skills or spells that can communicate, right? Haven't we done that in the past? The one thing I am afraid of is them calling reinforcements in some way, shape, or form. But any reinforcements that we don't immediately have to worry about would be inside the dome. I mean, have we have we can we have we been able to see like what they're actually doing in there? Are they just standing around? Or are they what are they doing? They're kind of um, it's hard to tell, but they're kind of moving around, and they obviously communicate with each other. And sometimes they kind of look out the dome at the whirlpool, and then they go back sort of toward closer to the coral. It's difficult to see what's going on. They don't right. appear to be doing much. You know, they're not, they don't have like a, an activity that they're doing that you can tell what it is. Like they're not making weapons or sleeping or, you know, anything other than talking to each other. That's all you can kind of see. So kind of keeping watch basically. Yeah. And being bored about guard. it. Okay. All right. I think we have a plan. Let's, let's DD. Okay, so you so Konos and Axley are dimension dooring in. Blacksley is staying behind controlling the curiosity. Correct. And as soon as you get in, what's gonna happen? You're gonna I'm cast you cast Eldritch Blast. Okay. And then some more Eldritch Blast. <laughs> and then what's Imran doing? Uh, bonus action, spiritual weapon. It'll attack one of them. Probably shatter, because it's a point of my choice. It's a ten-foot sphere. So I think I can get some species in there without hitting anything else. Mm-hmm. Oh my Especially God, not the dome. <laughs> okay. Shatter in a glass no, dome. Wait, Uh-oh. It's a ten-foot <laughs> radius sphere. That's pretty close oh. to... Oh, wait, 20, no, that's, that's a bad feet, idea. 20 feet across, yeah. That's the size yeah, of the dome. Nope. That's the size of the dome. Never mind, not that yeah, one. So yeah, so you'll hit, you'll hit everything in it, even if you don't break it, if you put that thing right uh, in the middle. Yeah, you'll hit us, you'll hit the coral, you'll hit the glass. Yeah, there's probably no way to cast that without hitting either the coral or the side of the dome. Yeah, I, I, I also have Shatter and also already discarded that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, are, where are you going to dimension into? Next to, in the middle, or next to the wall, or how are you Next to the that? coral, between them and the coral, basically. You can't really do that to all of them because there's two of them that are next to the coral all the time. Cool. Well, we'll teleport close to those two then. Okay. Uh, Okay, so everybody's in agreement with that? But not Mm -hmm. in melee with them. (laughs) I don't need disadvantage. Okay, right, so um, okay, so you're going to be a little bit... Relatively close. Yeah, probably close to the center, I guess, then. Okay. If the because how big? Is I mean, the, it's a, no, it's thirty feet. It's not. I yeah. mean, it's within everybody's walking distance. So, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Um, okay. So you you dimension in. Uh, they are shocked and surprised, and so it's a surprise round. So, Karu, do you want to? Yeah. So my first three, I'm gonna aim at the two by the coral. Okay. Two to one, and then one to the other. 
Wow. Okay. What's my bonus? Plus eight. All right. So the lowest was an 18. Okay. That hits, obviously. Um, so that'll be eight to one and eight to the other. <laughs> okay. And then I'll do that again with a bonus action. Uh, that'll be a 16 on the lowest. That hits. Okay. So that'll be 13 to one and two to the other. <laughs> and you're doing the same two or two different ones? Nope. The same two. I want to try to take okay. down the ones by the coral. I want to protect the coral basically. <laughs> 13 and then two, you said? Yeah. Wow, my dice are rolling nice. Okay. Anything else? That is all I can do. Okay. Uh, Imarin? Okay. Um, spiritual weapon on the one closest to the coral, but farthest away from me. And I'm going to okay. spiritual weapon at third level. Do you want to... Um... Do that on the one that Marcel already hit? Yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to attack the other one that's closest to the coral with my mace. Okay. I'll do spiritual weapon first. That is a 19 to hit. That hits. Um, 13 damage on that one. And then okay. I'm gonna run up to the other one. I know we're underwater. This doesn't count if as like rain, does it? Rain. My bonus increases if it's raining. I just thought you're you're in a dry area right now. You're in a dry dome. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, nice try though. It's a natural twenty. <laughs> Okay. Um, this is your so attack or the spiritual weapon? This is your this attack. This is my attack with the okay. glory of Goros. So okay. when this happens, I don't know if it's a good thing. Oh yeah, um, what happens when you hit a, 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 a critical hit with that? A lightning bolt shoots out of the clouds and attacks the target. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a little worried about where I doing my maze too, but this was the only thing I got. Um, so it takes six total damage for like the, oh no, uh, 12, no. Nine damage, sorry, math. Um, it needs so to make you're... a DC dex save. A, a DC what dex save? Team. Okay. Um, your damage for your mace was maxed, right? Because you crit. So you don't roll your damage. You, you max your damage, and oh. then it has the extra okay. effect. Okay. Uh, it's, still, it's still nine damage. Okay, so nine damage for the actual mace part, the physical damage. Um, okay, so... And then... 
I rolled a five, so it failed its save. It takes uh, 19 points of lightning damage. Okay. How does that work if you're in a dome underneath a body? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, We're about to find out. It's like a little cloud like above my head goes pew. Uh, no. <laughs> a big lightning bolt. Oh, no. Comes down through the water. Electrifying all the water. And it hits the dome. Oh, no. And it kind of goes and it spreads to the bottom of the dome. And now the dome is like one of those lightning ball things where you touch it, the lightning. So it's, it's got this coating of lightning sitting on it and you can see the water around the immediate pieces of lightning bolt is boiling a little bit and then the lightning bolt in the water is kind of going off and shooting in all directions um so one of you is going to have to um roll a a dexterity save for the curiosity because this entire lake is now electrified and the curiosity Oh, the entire lake? The entire lake Holy has God. these electrical tendrils coming out of it, uh, oh going boy. through it. Okay. It's, well, and if you look, you can see it arcing from sort of one wall of the whirlpool, and it even arcs over to the other, and, and it's still underwater. And there's all, it's crazy. <laughs> it is craziness. You've this never seen happened. a lightning bolt come into the water before, but you know, this isn't just a regular lightning bolt. Yeah. It's a divine power lightning bolt coming in. Did it still hit the, the guy inside the dome? It, it Yes. It affected the guy inside the dome. The lightning bolt did not come inside the dome. It got caught outside and it's sort of what is now surrounding it, but the guy took the damage. Okay. Uh, I feel like Emran should make that save for the... And you're the one that nat 20'd it. Yeah, that means I'm not going to roll well the second time. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Guess so... Okay, I kid you not. It's another nat 20. (laughs) Okay. That's a good thing. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good thing. I'm not joking. It's the dice that... uh, It's the rainbow dice. Oh, nice. Cool. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, So that's the end of the first round. Yep. Oh, my God. I cause all sorts of issues. (laughs) Now we have to roll initiative. (laughs) Emery, oh my God. I didn't. I didn't know that you could do that with your weapon. I, it doesn't normally happen. She's never crit with it before. Oh, now roll yeah. a five. Fine. Uh, I hardly ever use it because I normally just use my spells, but I can't use any of my spells down here. I just thought you were gonna. I don't know. Uh, sacred flame him. Um. Probably would have been smarter. Doesn't your sacred frame loud and flame do like 3d8 radiant now? Does it? I rolled a 21 for my initiative. 
18 for me. Mm. Eight for me. What did Imran get? Five. Okay, so I rolled a seven. So it goes Marcel, Konos, Axley, the enemies, and then the Maven of Lightning Bolts. Can you can you describe <laughs> what, it, what it looks like inside here now that we're inside? Like, what's the oh, so where is everyone located? And so actually, there's a very bright light going on inside right now because the walls of this thing, instead of being transparent, are now like a glowing lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's very bright in there, and you see an enormous piece of coral sitting along one edge. You're standing roughly in the center of the dome. The other three creatures, so the two that they've been attacking, are standing next to the coral. The other three are were on one side looking at the where the whirlpool is sucking everything down. And so now they're turning their turn to you. So they are, if you're in the center of the dome, they're to your left. The coral is in front of you, and the two that Imran and Marcel were attacking are in front of you. Otherwise, there's nothing in this place. Marcel? I'm going to aim the... How do the two that we've attacked look in terms of like damage taken? Um, I mean, they're still standing. They look... Uh, I mean, the one that got... That took the lightning bolt that was invisible inside, like you didn't see a lightning bolt inside, is looking really bad. Okay. Um, And in shock. Like, he's like, I have no idea what just happened to me. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Um, I have no idea what happened either, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I will aim two Eldritch Blasts at the one that's not in shock and one okay. to the one that's in shock. Uh, okay, that wasn't as good as the first turn. Um, just double check. Where's my okay? Eight, ten, eleven, eleven. That hits. Oh, good. Then all of them hit. Um, so the one that's taking two Eldritch Blasts takes nine damage. So the one that wasn't shocked. Okay. And the other one takes one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And uh, irritated at that one, I am going to quicken spell Eldritch Blast them again. (sighs) Yeah, no, I'm irritated. I mean, I'm aiming too at the one that's shocked this time. Um, And I guess all of them are going to hit. That's 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So two for the shocked guy, that's going to be nine. Okay. And the other guy takes eight. That was better. Okay. The eights tend to be swingy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. And that's my turn. All right. Um, Konos. Okay. Uh, I've just realized a potential flaw with this plan, but I'm going to try it anyway. I'll move to a position where uh, I can see all five of them. And I'll cast mm-hmm. mass suggestion. 
Okay. And I will and I'll say I'm going to hold up my hold up Bolum above my head as I I cast a spell and say we are here to fix the damage that's been done. I suggest you help us with this as we request. And they need to make wisdom saving throws unless they can't understand me. Yeah, so you have to give them actually a more specific um, suggestion than that. Okay. Because right now you're not doing any activity to fix the thing, so telling them help us fix it isn't actually a direct enough okay. action for Can them I to be able to... tell them just don't interfere with what we're doing? Um, you can say stay as far away from us as possible. Stand as far away from us as possible and do not, inter- and do not attack us. Okay, and what's the save DC? Uh, 17 wisdom. Okay. Oh. 12, 12, 3, 19. One of them saved. Okay. And a 1. One of them saved. The other okay. four as soon as it's their turn, we'll presumably start to follow your direction. Okay. Um, as a bonus action, I will speak the command word for Bolum to activate the tentacle rod. Okay. And then I will, and then I will just move as close to the coral as I can and like just put my like start looking for a, an area where there's like a chunk missing. Okay. Uh, um, do you touch it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll put a hand on it and just like start you know feeling the side of it. Um, roll me a strength save. <sighs> Sorry, I haven't like pounding in my ear the last week. Twenty one sucks. Okay, uh, as you touch the coral, you feel it like, um trying to force your hand that's holding Bolum down into it. Like it's trying to, it's almost like a really strong magnet sucking your staff, your trident into the coral, but you resisted it because you rolled a really good strength uh, check. Um, Axley, it is your turn. Okay. So the two that are closest to the coral are pretty injured at this point, right? Mm, That's correct. And, and al- also, they have been mass-suggested, so they're probably not going to engage. Yeah. Actually, that one looks like he didn't, he didn't hit the message. Remind him, please. <laughs> and there's, one, how many, there's three of them over there, or just one? There's three over there, and only one of them failed. So everybody, f- I mean, everybody failed except the one. Uh-huh. So there's a group of two in front of you that look damaged, but they failed mm-hmm. their saves. There's a group of three to your left. Two of them did not make their save, so they're suggested, and the other one is not affected at all. Okay. Mm. I, can I just capture that one inside a spherical wall of force? So it's in, completely encased inside? Is that a spell? Yes. Yes, you can cast a spell at it. Okay. How big is the wall of force? <laughs> If I make it a sphere, it can be up to 10 feet diameter. But it can be very small, right? Like just, just big enough to have yes, this is up to, up to okay. 10 feet. Yeah. So I can okay. make it yeah, you can do that. creature sized and capture it inside. Okay. Uh, 
Does he have to make a save? I don't think so. It doesn't say... No, it doesn't say there's a save. Okay. Um, So that happens. (laughs) Uh, And then it is their turn. So the four of them that are not trapped inside a circle of force uh, walk over and um, they try to go to a part of the dome that is as far away from all of you as possible. And they also turn from their mostly humanoid form to the form with the flappy lips that looks more fish-like. Um, and then it is Imran's turn. Oh, the one that's trapped also turned into the flappy lip thing, but it can't do anything. Um, you see it opening its mouth to try to make a noise, but you don't hear it because it's trapped in a wall of force. And it's Imran's turn. Cool, that works, I guess. <laughs> I will help Konos try to find the little section of coral that is missing. Um, Konos, you know exactly where it is once you touched the coral. Okay. Okay. Um... He'll take the piece out of the core, out of the trident, and just you know try to carefully insert it. As you take the piece out of the trident, mm-hmm. um, I need you to roll a charisma saving throw. Okay. Huh. Eleven. Uh, you take 10 psychic damage. Uh, I have resistance to that, I believe. Okay. So you take 5 psychic damage. <laughs> and you can place that coral into the empty spot where the coral is missing. I'll do that. Um, so the thing that gives me resistance to psychic damage Mm -hmm. says that when a creature deals psychic damage to me, it takes the same amount of damage that I do. Okay. That doesn't make any difference in this situation. Okay. Good. Um, okay. Um, so, okay, here's what happens. Konos replaces the this coral. And the coral starts to grow. And grow. And grow. And it starts to grow so much that it's pushing on the dome. And you figure you've probably got maybe a minute or two before it cracks that dome. I think it's time to get out of here. Yep. Yeah, but what do we want to do about this creature that's not friendly? Mm, mm, 
think now's the time to do something to it if it's it's behind the wall of force. Well, then now's the time to not do anything because it's behind the wall of force. Nothing we <laughs> can do will reach it. You don't think it's going to hurt the coral when we leave? Or try I to? I can certainly try, but I don't think you can. I mean, that thing looks pretty big and it's getting even bigger. It's probably going to get squished against the wall and then out into the electrified outside. So I think I think we're good. I think we're right. good. Once we get back to the curiosity, well, I guess it's concentration, right? So when I. Is it a concentration spell to Dimension Door? It is, yeah. No, it so is. my wall of force will drop anyway when we leave. Oh, no, no. I no. meant the wall of force is, is oh, concentration. Yeah, yeah you, you'd have to drop concentration on it when we leave. Okay. I just grab your arm and go, go! <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I'll grab Emeryn Dimension Doors back to the Curiosity. Okay. When you get back into the Curiosity, Blacksley is there like passed out. He's like still got his hands on the controls and he's like passed out. He got hit by the little shock. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh as you watch from oh, I'm gonna drop I'm gonna drop the wall of force then when, once we're back um, in curiosity. Okay, so actually as you're uh as you dimension door out um as you watch, the coral grows big enough to crack and destroy the dome, and the dome kind of just goes and cracks all the way and just kind of disintegrates down, and water rushes back in. And Konos, how many hit points do you have? Why do you ask that? Uh- <laughs> 82. And what's your maximum? 87. Okay. Uh, You're now at your maximum. You see the coral start to uh, glow in this sort of purplish, reddish, white, blue, yellow. It's, It's kind of almost cycling through a whole bunch of different colors. And it's still growing. Uh, someone want to get behind the wheel and get us farther away from the growing crystal thing? Coral? Well, it, so the thing is, it's growing and it's growing and it's getting really close to the rift. And as it starts to get close to the to the hole, the whirlpool starts to slow down and get disrupted and so the current starts to get really weird inside this lake because it's starting to close that gap um and it's going to be really i mean so it kind of it's, it's sort of like well what what are you going to do are you going to leave are you going to stay do you want to watch what happens what's what what's I think your... we watch what happens but we want to we want to get this ship a, a bit away from the action so back up basically watching what's happening keeping an eye on it okay well we got we have to go up too because then you're going to get less of the silt so you have better view yeah we'll do that yeah leave, okay. leave the bottom of the ocean basically of, of the lake Okay. Um, you basically see this coral grow 
until it gets big enough to sit on top of where the gap was. And then instead of growing larger, it starts to grow out spiny pieces along the bottom of the the lake. And the spiny pieces start intertwining and almost like sewing up the rift. Almost like crochet or something. And it's relatively slow, but the whirlpool is disrupted enough that you can tell it'll eventually stop being a whirlpool and just turn into a regular lake. The issue now is you're still on the blue plateau and this is the only water that's there. Correct. We just pl- yeah. we plugged the hole. Yeah. That's all we it's did. Not, we didn't it's not go anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we got the rift fixed. Part one's down. Part down. Yeah, part one is down. Um, so my question to you, the rest of you, is do we want to take the curiosity to the infernal plane, the fire, whatever, uh, that plane? Is that the red plateau? Is that the red talking? plateau? Or do we go back to the common plateau and go through the infernal gate that's in the library. Well, we'll have very we'll have difficulty traveling if we go that way, right? I mean, wherever we pop out, then we're we're traveling on foot through probably pretty hostile terrain. I mean, we don't oh, okay. know either of those. I mean, whether we use the curiosity or the gate, we don't know where we're going to come out either. Mm-hmm. That's true. At least in the curiosity, we have some protection, mobility. The biggest question is, are we going to try to sneak through and push all of this liquid back? Or are we going to try and negotiate with them? We're going to have to bargain. I think we're going to have to bargain. I mean, it said, it says bargain the rights or steal the rights. I don't even know how stealing the rights to move material through a plane works. Um, I feel like that might piss off some kind of demon and then we'd have bigger issues. I think asking for permission and uh, bargaining is going to work better. I don't like the idea of bargaining with anything on that plane. Um, (laughs) But in our, it, to help us, whatever we bargain with is probably upset about Shamasa taking this many souls for themselves. So ideally what we do is find a demon or whatever that is against Shamasa's little actions that have happened so far mm-hmm. and wants to make a deal with us to avoid Shamasa from becoming more powerful. Right. But yeah, it might be worth it to take the curiosity just in case. It does give us more security. It does. I will say, though, I feel like intruding via the curiosity might be seen as less polite than taking an already established gate. 
don't really know if that's how that works, but to me, I feel like if there is already a gate established, then potentially we can take that. And I do have a way to, like, bamf us out of there if we need to get out really quickly. I can use the word of recall. The other thing is, if we go back and go through that gate, we can stop and look at the book. Which might give us more information. So, are we going back to the library then? I think that's our best option, personally. What do you guys think? Is Blacksley okay? Yeah, what happened to him? <laughs> uh, he was just passed out. Like asleep passed out, or just like... No, like, he exerted so much trying to keep the curiosity from... Like being blown out of position and damaged, that he ended up passing out. Or so that's what he tells you. Well, I'll give him a quick cure wounds for his efforts just to make sure he's, he's buffed up. <laughs> Okay, so are we heading back? Might be interesting to see what happens now that we've at least stopped the flow of water. Actually, I'd be curious to see what the Soul Spire room looks like now. Give me a minute before we go. I have something I want to do. I'd like to cast Dream, and I would like to attempt to, since we're here on this plane, I'd like to attempt to communicate with the Coral if it's possible to do so. Dream, okay. <laughs> yeah, it only works if it's asleep. If I had, if I still had sending, I'd use that. But it only works if it's asleep. Yeah. Um. If the target is awake, the messenger knows, and it can either end the trance or wait for the target to fall asleep. At which point, the messenger appears in the target. Um. I just tell them we 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 fixed it, but it still feels incomplete and lonely. Probably going to be a while before it, you know, is back to feeling like it's like itself again. Well, it was out of the water and there isn't much water left in the bowl. It probably will require having the water brought back to the plane. So as you start to try to contact the coral with your dream spell. Mm. It tells you that you do not have to use arcane magic to contact it. Okay. Um, I'll use my telepathy then to just say, we've done what we can for now. We're going to, we're going to try to return the water that was taken from this place and bring it back here. Hopefully once that's done, you'll feel better and you'll continue growing. You look wonderful, by the way. The spire doesn't flow anymore. That's what needs to come back. What else can we do to restore that or make it flow again? Unsure. But the spire used to pour into the threefold lake. 
as well as all of the plateaus. As a result, I don't have access to my souls. Do you have a name? It is unintelligible in your language. We'll do. You know, I'm. I'm going to do everything I can to help restore things. It says you found the peace that was lost, but you haven't found the peace that was stolen. Who stole it? A in a long time enemy. A demon with a lot of power now. Is it called? Is it Shamasa Hasit? Do not speak that name. I'm sorry. That is a curse upon the universe. There are two kinds of powers. Those that, if you know their name, it's powerful against them. And those that, if you use their name, it adds to their power. And this one's the second kind. Yes. Ambitious and virulent. It is upsetting the natural order. Thank you for your service. Just crying at this point. Thank you for everything you've done for me. In the end, you will come back to me. Forward to that day. And Konos is like pressing his hand against like one of the. It's pressing his hand against like one of the open windows, and. Coral is just starting to grow on the outside, but I'm casting like coral grasp for just pure flavor at this point. Um, you all notice that uh, Konos, his skin was blue, but now it's more like this shimmering, purpley, bluish, yellowish. Like, if you ha- happen to get an v- image and a view where you can see the coral and Konos at the same time, Konos, his skin looks exactly like whatever the coral, whatever cycle of the colors the coral is in at that point in time. And I think that's where we're going to end this session. Oh, boy. So, if that mass suggestion had not worked, or if you hadn't found a way to get into the thing and basically do damage and and everything. These things were just going to attack the coral. That was the plan. You you were not the threat to them. The coral was the threat. So their instructions were, if anybody gets here, you destroy the rest of the coral. Oh dear. That's kind of what I figured, which is why I was going for like damage the ones closest to the coral and keep us between them and the coral. Well, and you know what happened last time somebody damaged some coral with Konos. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. So, while these these deep scions seem like they're not all that uh, dangerous to 12th level, that could have gone real bad. Yep. Yeah, if they all start hitting the coral. Um, yeah, that would have been over for me really quick. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to do a 20-minute debrief? Sure. Sure. Does anybody have a topic that they are itching to talk about? (laughs) Here's one. How do you make it so 
you have characters with different goals, but the goals get accomplished at different times during the story. How do you keep that player and their character involved enough that once they've attained their goals, they're still invested? Because this sort of has happened a little bit with Imran, right? The, the main goal that she had was find her mom. So you did that. And it's now happened a little bit with Konos because one of the goals was figure out who my patron is and help it because obviously something is wrong, right? And get more understanding and, and complete the quarrel, so to speak. And now that's done. Mostly. Mostly. There's, an, there's another missing piece we found there out. There is. Right. Yep. Well, that's partly to, which that's one way to answer that question is essentially say, yes, you've given them, yes, you've completed, a, you know, your goal, but there's an, there's, there's another part to your goal that, you know, is connected that you weren't aware of at the time and then don't get that knowledge until later on. I, I think one, one thing is, yeah, like giving another goal that the character it, that is close enough to what the character would care about to keep them going related to the main quest. Um, I think partially there's a bit of, of hope in the DM side that the character will also feel like in Emran's case, the compulsion to help the others finish their quests mm -hmm. before just going off on their own. Like you've helped me this far. I'm going to keep helping you now to finish your quest. Um, and I guess that's a bit of social contract outside the game as well. It's like, yeah, oh, well, I'm finished. My, my family's nice. We are here, uh, have a good life. My mom now is head of the church, which could have been me, but I rejected. Um, good luck with the quarrel. Bye. <laughs> and there's some cases where it just comes down to, hey, this character doesn't want to keep going, so I'll roll up a new one. Mm -hmm. That has happened to me in, in another long campaign where it didn't make sense for a character to keep going and the the player just said, yeah, he's he's not going to keep going. I'll make someone else. And that person will have other motiva motivations for wanting to join and continue the story. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a little bit of the social contract um, in every game from the beginning, right? Because if you if you're in a group and uh, the DM says, "Okay, well, here's what we're doing. We're going to go to this dungeon," or you know, "Here's what I'm planning. We're going to go to this dungeon." If if you're you know if the characters are sitting in the tavern and the the sort of quote quest giver is saying, "Hey, here's the quest that I you know here's this rumor that I heard or here's this thing that I know about or hey can you go to that dungeon and get me this thing if if two of the players out of five go yeah nah I you know we let's look for some other clues to do something else like that's sort of like look this is the quest that you're <laughs> right like this is what it is you're gonna do it or you're not gonna play D D tonight you know yeah, yeah. Um, or, or it's like okay like okay those characters go off and do that meanwhile i need you to roll up a character who would want to do this <laughs> right and yeah that, that's the short and blunt way of kind of addressing it as a dm 
I think that's even more um, a problem or a, a so, like a, a stronger need for that social contract when it comes to modules. It's like, yeah, let's play Tyranny of Dragons. Yeah, my character doesn't care about Tiamat being summoned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. make another one then. <laughs> yeah, make, one, make one that does. Right. <laughs> or yeah. find a group that uh, is playing a different game then. Basically. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the thing one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing in the Tasha's Cauldron of Everything when it comes out is the group patron section. Mm-hmm. Because you know mm-hmm. you you can use that to layer. You know everybody's got all the characters have their own individual goal, but then you can use like essentially okay, you're part of a group or a faction, or you have a a sponsor right. or a patron. So okay, great. You know I'll help you accomplish your own individual goals. In return, I want you to help me with these with these quests or these right. these things and that. And there's they have there's all sorts of things you can kind of do without just to layer put that extra layer over top of you know what the individual players are trying to accomplish and kind of keep that buy in. Yeah, that section is pretty interesting. That section of the book, I I kind of feel like they had some missed opportunities with it because so there's two things that I feel like are missing from that section. Number one, how to make these yourself. Like they could give some guidance on how to apply this, you know, in a game, like how to create your own faction that has these with it. They they kind of do that because they give examples and they're pretty generic examples that could be used in any fantasy world, but they kind of don't. Like, I wish it had a little bit more guidance. That's one thing. The second thing is they really didn't use any faction at all. They used more generalized things. And to me, it feels like they've been trying to get people to work within the factions of a game setting specifically for the Forgotten Realms. They've always got Harpers and Zents and Lords Alliance and all that in in their games for their setting, you know, but they don't have any of those as group patrons. So I feel like they could have had like a missed opportunity there. They could have made it more specific. Now, for for example, they do mention the Zents in the criminal because there's a criminal organization that could be your group patron. And so they mention like, well, you know, your party could be. But it's just the way it's presented is slightly more generic than I feel like I wanted to read, I guess is it's a mostly. I guess, a I guess the problem there is that t- and now we're, we're now we're discussing Tasha's, but I think the problem there is they tried to make Tasha a, a catch all here's for your homebrew, whatever. And less because like a lot of the content that was republished in this book was for specific settings, be that Eberron, be that sword coat, because you have the Sword Coast Adventures guide and you have the whole like Blade Singer that was initially like very specific to that setting. You have the patrons that already show up in the Eberron book. And here they're trying to take all that information and publish it in and being like, here's here's the generic version, so that if you're playing homebrew or not playing one of these settings, you can still use these things that we've already published in other books. Because the same thing with the Artificer. So if you're not playing Eberron, now you don't have to buy the Eberron guide. If you want to play Artificer, you can just get Tasha's and it has all the information you need. And that's part of where my my first complaint stemmed from, right? Like, see, the thing is, my two complaints are actually um, opposed to each other, right? Because I want them to give you something general enough that they could produce a set of guidelines to say, here's how to make this yourself. But then I want them to be specific about their setting, right? So I I understand that totally. I I understand there's a dissonance there, and it's it's just that's just me. Sorry, I'm, I have dissonance. But I, 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 think, I do. I think you know. I think the first part is is where they went wrong. They should have added, like you said, a section of here's how to make your own faction, 
and not just give examples. Like the examples are great because then you have a framework to start with, but also how do I kind of like what they did with like artifacts in the DMG, right? Where they show you how to make an artifact. They've got a bunch of tables for, for quirks and, and special effects and anything. And then they've got a, a, a whole bunch of like example artifacts after that. Right. Right. They could have done yeah. that. Yeah. 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 They could have, they could have done something like that. In fact, I, one of my major complaints, and I think I said this on that, we did a, we did a sort of flip through review uh, for the Tome Show for that book. But one of one of my complaints in general about Wizard of the Coast products is they don't give enough guidance to DMs. They kind of write some of these things, and it, you, I, I get the feeling sometimes it's like they just, oh, the DM will figure it out. Just, you know. Yeah. There's you know. a lot of mentality with the ND of, of like, just homebrew it or just, just let other people do their job for them and publish a bunch of content on the DMG to... Or their own to, books or whatever. Supplement. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, you've, oh, you know, we figure most people who are using this have been running games for 10, 20 years and already have the sort of experience that we don't need to put that in a book. Whereas that might not, like not the case. Right. The problem with that is, though, that fifth edition is so popular, they've brought in, you know, millions of new, new players. So some of those people are going to be DMs, Nina. <laughs> and, so, like, you know, that some of those people are new DMs and they need the guidance. I mean, heck, I need the guidance sometimes. And I've been, you know, DMing for, you know, 40 years or whatever, 35 years. So, like, you know, I, I'm just, I, I just wish to, to me, that's a missing component. I, we to, we're totally off on a tangent now, but that's a missing component for me in a lot of the published work that they do. And because they're the 800 pound gorilla, it kind of makes it so that, what they publish becomes kind of the gold standard, whether it's good or bad, it becomes the gold standard for what you get compared to. And I feel like there's a lot of room there for giving people more guidance. What they really need also is a book for players on guidance. You know, here are the different styles of play. Here's here's how to make a character that's still f functional and effective but you're not min-maxing this person and only worried about combat. Or, hey, if you want to make this kind of character, here are your options, and here's how that will be structured mechanically. Here's how to do this. Here's how to make that, that PC stand out narratively, right? Here's, how to, here's, here's a good way to think about this character, and here's how to play that character. Some ideas, at least, you know? I think those things are sorely lacking. And yeah, I, I agree. They expect other people to write those types of guides and put them on the DMs guild. I mean, one other thing that I was thinking of that is like not available in, in any of the D and D official books as, as far as I know is for example, mass combat. There's, I know that I, I believe Matt Colville wrote a book about like how to do mass combat, but like we, we somehow managed to skip it. But like even in tyranny of dragons, you come up to a castle where there's like, 90 enemies and there is going to be like i've heard of because i'm in in the discord with a bunch of dms of, of other dms having to deal with this mass combat where there's like 90 things that the dm has to work through and then there's five characters and like each turn takes forever and it's mostly the dm rolling dice against the dm <laughs> mm -hmm. because there's two factions there that are warring together I managed to avoid that because you guys let them do their thing elsewhere and that was off screen. So I didn't even bother rolling for it. 
Um, but like, yeah, that's, it's in one of their published modules and there's no real sustenance in what they say in that part of the book as to how to handle it. Besides, yeah, there's 45 of these and there's 30 of these and then there's 10 of like, and what am I going to do? Roll initiative for all of them? <laughs> yeah, Matt Colville wrote Strongholds and Followers. Yep. And then he kickstarted Kingdoms and Warfare, which has the mass combat rules. Mm -hmm. Strongholds and Followers also has a little bit of mass combat kind of stuff, but the Kingdoms and Warfare is supposed to have it hasn't been released yet, but it's going to have more apparently. More actually for that type of thing. So, yeah, I think it's a whole. I think that that they haven't covered that very well at all. And I mean, at the same time, it's like, do we really expect them to fill in all the holes? Like, can they physically yeah. g uh, no, think of but, everything that needs to be covered? No, but when they put it in a module, they need to address it. Yeah. Right? And that's that's my thing, right? Like, there are some there are some great modules that they've put out, but they could cut the page count of the adventure by 50 pages and sprinkle guidance in throughout the book and have the same size book, but a tiny, tiny bit smaller adventure. And it would make, make a better product to me because it would have the tips and tricks and advice and guidance that somebody needed. If the players chose to approach whatever situation that way versus another way, you know, and that's something that they just don't, they don't. I mean, look, Rime of the Frost Maiden, I love it. It's a great adventure. I like it a lot. I have enough experience that I can run it with no problem, but it's got some holes in it and it's got some issues in it that I think I know what the intent of the authors of those particular sections were, but I have, because I, it's not in there. I have to think I know the intent and try to change the thing to work within the confines of the story to make it make sense. And there's no guidance in there. And I could say the same thing about tomb of annihilation. I could say the same thing about out of the abyss, any of the modules that I've run from them, they're hardcover, big giant adventure modules. I could say the same thing about like, man, water deep dragon heist is a great module, but it needs some guidance in there for newer DMS. So anyway, I don't know. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> I didn't mean to go off on a tangent about that. <laughs> that tends to happen every time we de debrief. So I, yeah, I think that's yeah. just par for the course. We, we start with one topic and then like segue into three different routes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it makes <laughs> sense. Whatever. Yeah. Let's, let's do our official goodbye. Bye everybody. Bye. 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 Thank you.